0: Welcome to David Clark's We Are Superman podcast, episode number 161. I am your host, Bill Stahl, and this is The Power Play. Thank you very much for joining me again on the We Are Superman podcast Power Play. And uh, today I had a really nice run early this morning on South Table Mountain on a clear day, which has been incredibly rare here in Colorado. In fact, I think this weekend's the first time where it wasn't smoky. Uh, the air quality was actually in the good category. You could see um, South Table Mountain is a is a mesa. Um, basically, it's outside of Golden, Colorado. And Um, From up there, you've got really expansive views. You can see uh, the Flatirons of Boulder all the way up to the Wyoming border. And then the other direction, you can see pretty much all the way down to Pikes Peak outside of Colorado Springs. Great view of downtown Denver all the way out to Denver International Airport. Normally, I uh, have not been able to see that at all the last couple of months, so it was really nice to see blue sky and, and actually be able to have that expansive vista out there. And um, There's basically no trees on top of uh, South Table Mountain. It's a nice, uh, pretty steep climb to get up there, a good challenging little run, and then it's pretty flat on top, uh, kind of gradually goes uphill one direction, downhill the other. Um, no shade. Um, right now, the the grass is brown. It kind of looks like fall. Um, a lot, lot of the flowers are done. Still some su- uh, sunflowers blooming up there, but um, it, it's just it's pretty. It's peaceful up there. Uh, you can run that all the way out to uh, Golden, where you can overlook the Coors Brewery, which I think is the largest brewery in the world, if not that, at least the largest in North America. So, um, Golden is a is a pretty town nestled at the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. So. Nice run this morning, but I was having a rough time with it out there. Um, you know, I I peaked in August with my miles. Uh, most miles I've run in a month in four years. And I don't know, I think my legs just have not recovered from that. And I've just been really uh, dragging with my hamstrings, my hips. And, um, but you know, I was thinking, you know, I was just glad to be out there. It's part of the progress. You know, every single day you get out there, you're gaining something. I mean, certainly there are mental benefits being out there, but even just from the physical benefits, uh, rather than sitting on the couch today, um, I gained something out of doing that run. And, um, you know, it got me thinking about, um, a stamp that w- was issued by the United Nations recently for Mother Teresa. And, um, just just to let you know, I am a stamp collector. Uh, David used to make fun of me for that. Um I, I've been a stamp collector since a young kid. I don't get to spend a lot of time with it. But you know, it's it's always been uh, something a passion, if you would, of mine. It it's certainly helped my knowledge of geography and history and you know, I think um I, I, I would I would actually be great at jeopardy or i know i'm really good in trivial pursuit if you could somehow eliminate all those entertainment and pop culture questions i have zippo knowledge about but it certainly helps me with knowing a lot of trivial geography and history and world capitals and and crap like that but um uh any case uh, the united nations issues its own stamps out of its headquarters in new york as well as its headquarters they have in geneva switzerland and vienna austria and uh, they did issue a definitive stamp on August 12th for Mother Teresa. And by definitive, that means it's kind of a regular issue stamp, kind of like in this country, you see a lot of mail that is um, posted with, with you know a U.S. flag stamp on them, although sometimes you'll see those other what are called commemorative stamps that uh, honor various things. Um, you know, like my current favorite is a Yogi Berra stamp that came out recently, the former New York Yankee catcher who um, not only was the guy a great winner, won 10 world championships, and did, did amazing things as a ball player, but it has always been known for his uh yogiism, so to speak, you know things like saying you know when you come to a, f- a fork in the road, take it, or uh, nobody goes there anymore because it's too crowded. You know, just the yogisms, there's just a whole raft of them, and they're great. But uh, that is an example of a commemorative stamp, whereas a definitive stamp is one that they issue and is used, you know, on a continuous basis, and they'll reprint it as needed. So that's what the Mother Teresa stamp is all about. But what the um, Mother Teresa stamp has on it is a quote from her that got me thinking today while I was on this run about, you know, making, you know, basically some sort of progress and, and doing just kind of a little bit to get me moving forward towards my ultimate goal, which is to run the Leadville 100 again in 2022, uh, just under a year from now. Um, the quote from Mother Teresa that's on there says, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. And of course, Mother Teresa is well known for uh, starting a Catholic charity in Calcutta, India, that basically helped the uh, very poor population in Calcutta, and basically one person at a time attempted to change society, if you would, in in India, and so... Um, I I think we can all do things like that. Um, You know, not all of us can be president of the United States or head of, you know, a great corporation, um, but we can all do small things that add up to an awful lot of impact in the world. And, um, you know, I just think of, you know... Um, I I try to go out in the world with a great attitude. I'm one of those crazy people who talks to anybody in the supermarket, as I've mentioned before. Um, I I can think of an example last week. uh, The high school team that I coach, we got done with a hard workout, and we took the kids over to a nearby 7-Eleven for Slurpees. And while we're in the store, there there was a guy there who, um, you know, he was kind of grandfatherly age maybe. Uh, no, I'm not grandfather, maybe a little younger than that. And he was there with a a young boy he'd brought in there and he asked what was going on with all these kids. And I told him we're a high school cross country team. And he asked how far they run. And I said, well, they run 5k races. And he's like, wow, I've always wanted to run, but I don't think I could ever do that. And, you know, I, I just chatted with him real briefly about, you know, you just got to start you know, um, yeah, I told him quickly the story about David Clark, about how He was a heavy guy who started with 15 seconds on the treadmill, thought he was going to die doing it, but he was determined enough to keep it going. And he next time ran 30 seconds on the treadmill and then 45 seconds. And, um, you know, to a lot of us, we would say, geez, that's nothing. But in David's situation, when he was weighing 320 pounds, that was a lot. And so, yeah, I related that story to this guy and said, you know, just start, go out there and, you know, run a little bit. Yeah, or walk a little bit you know whatever just get started and you know i have no idea he that guy may have walked out of that 7-eleven and totally dismissed what i was saying but you know what maybe it resonated you know I'll, I'll never know but you know you just hope so that you've made a small impact there that maybe that guy went out someday or will someday and take those first steps and make a change and decide to become the runner that he thought that he would like to be but just never imagined he could Um, Same thing, you know, I hand out these silicone Bands all over uh, that say Be Positive on them, and I Everybody at the American Heroes run got one. I hand them out at track meets, and I hand them out anywhere I see somebody who either has a good attitude or could need a boost of of positivity, and uh, I think people always appreciate having them. I always get a kick when I see people I've given them to who are still wearing them, or sometimes I'll even see them much later to uh, people who I, I don't know very well, but I see them wearing those, and they like the be positive message out there, so... Um, You know, just a small thing that hopefully has uh, impacted their daily thought process. In fact, if you would like one of these silicone bands that say Be Positive, uh, drop me a line. I will drop a couple in the mail to you, and I would love for you to just get a little positive energy off of those. So let me know if you'd like one of those. So, you know, uh, like I said, I got to thinking a little bit more about some of the small impacts that I've been trying to make things that, you know, everybody else can make out there. And, you know, one of the things I've tried to do a lot more here in the last couple of years is change my diet around. I've become more and more towards being a vegetarian. Um, I've really cut a lot of meat out of my diet, almost all, um, when I go to a restaurant, I always find the, the vegetarian options on the menu. Uh, I'm not a perfect vegan. I, I, I've i not found a cheese I really like very well, vegan cheese. Um, if I, I'm, you know, I'm from New York, I'm a pizza nut. I'm not going to sit there and turn my nose up at a pizza that has dairy cheese on it. But I have, you know, for instance, when speaking of dairy, I mean, I drink nothing but non-dairy milk, either um, almond or oat milk and Um, You know, I just, what the dairy industry does, how they produce milk by constantly impregnating cows, you know, they give birth, they take away that young calf and turn it into veal or whatever, and uh, it just seems like a very sick process, what the dairy industry does, and um, you know, people don't think about it. The only way a cow is going to give milk is if it's pregnant. And so they just continue to impregnate these cows until they are basically worn out. And then off it goes to slaughter. It just seems like a pretty, pretty crazy process. So any case, like I say, I've gone as vegetarian as I can. A lot of people go vegan or vegetarian for performance reasons. Um, I, you know, and I, I haven't actually really felt a lot of difference, um, since I've dropped meat and, um. You know, in terms of my performance, I I know one time when I ran the Leadville 100, I went totally vegetarian for the entire month before the race. And I felt fantastic. I felt really light. I felt good. Um, You know, so I thought it did me some benefits then. um, But, you know, I, I didn't, like, say, do this for performance reasons. Um, one thing that has been interesting is, you know, I, I started this before the pandemic started. and I think the combination of that and the pandemic where I wasn't going to ball games and drinking beer and eating bad food, or I wasn't going to hockey games and eating pizza before the game and drinking beer at the games and, you know, whatever, and not even just eating out in general, um, eating at home a lot more so I can make healthier choices. I've actually lost 15 pounds since the beginning of the pandemic and I didn't have a lot to lose anyway. It's kind of ridiculous. I know people may not want to hear that because a lot of people put on weight but um you know i've just found myself a lot leaner anyway but um you know a little bit was for health a lot of people you know choose that for for health reasons and um not that i had any unhealthy markers out there but i just thought yeah it, it is a little bit of insurance you know i've certainly gotten to the age where i do see people who have been impacted by probably health lifestyle choice type of illnesses um and so I thought, you know, it wouldn't hurt. And I know last time I had my physical done early this year, uh, the doctor definitely noticed some improvement in things like my cholesterol numbers and, and, and stuff like that. So, you know, there's certainly some benefit there and that feels good. I actually did it mostly before the environmental and animal cruelty reasons. Uh, you know, I, when I watch movies like um, Forks Over Knives or um, uh, what, what you call Game Changers, um, I, I, I've seen the environmental impact of breeding uh, animals, uh, the effects of factory farming. I mean, just it, it's just brutal how how animals get treated, and you know how we've kind of chosen cows, pigs, sheep, uh, chickens, etc., as food animals. Whereas, of course, a lot of mammals we do not eat for whatever reason. Um, and just the amazing amount of cruelty and what we put those animals through uh, very, you know, in a lot of cases, intelligent animals, uh, because we've decided that they are food. And um, yeah, just that kind of thing has just disturbed me a little bit. And just the fact that we're sitting here and um, basically wrecking our environment, especially out here in the West, so that, you know, ranchers can ranch and farmers can, um, you know, the, what factory farms can exist, you know, just creating amazing amounts of waste, um, you look at the manure, the methane produced, uh, just everything, uh, the amount of land that's used. you just look at, you know, for, you know, acre for acre, the amount of protein you can uh, develop, you know, with, with um, plant protein, um, you know, you, could, you use 50 times less land for raising plant protein than you do for animal protein, for instance, or the amount of water that gets used, uh, how much less water gets used raising plants than it does, Uh, raising animals so you know those are kind of the main reasons and you know what i'm not going to change the world by myself but i thought just incrementally if i can make a change where i can eat that many less animals a year that overall it is better for the environment and you know saving a few lives out there you know hopefully um you know they have to raise fewer animals if you know if i and several you know every you know other people start joining in so to speak and you know, fewer and fewer animals are slaughtered for our discretion to eat them. Um, I, I just think, you know, that would be a better impact on the world. And, you know, it's, it, it's, everything has to be, you know, we can all make small impacts out there. And that, that's kind of the way I think about it. It's again, I don't dream that someday we're going to stamp out eating animals and it, you know, we're not going to change the whole environment that way, but if I can change my little bit of impact, then, then I'm willing to do that. Um, And, you know, I've also been really disturbed this summer about climate change. I was thinking, you know, about how I had Dakota Jones on there talking a few months back about Protect Our Winters and, you know, the work he's doing for environmental stewardship and you know, it's been tough out here. Like I say, with the smoke we've had, uh, I'm just, you know, I found myself getting down at times seeing how depressing our climate has been here. Our our, our atmosphere just it has been so hard to breathe. It's been just foul out here at times. I mean, as I related earlier, sometimes I feel like a cigar smoker um, when I go out to run. And um, then you know I mean geez, here we are it 's just uh, middle of September, and we 're already up to what the o's I think with the hurricanes again i mean we 're going to be going back to the Greek letters here pretty soon, I think, and it 's just it 's amazing the amount of storms and the amount of destruction i mean you 've seen what Hurricane Ida did in Louisiana and Tennessee and up at the East coast, and hurricane um oh whatever one was n I think it was nicholas i mean it 's just losing track of all these uh, hurricanes, the impacts they 're having they 're getting worse and worse. And you see the fires in the West. I mean, these fires in California probably won't be out until it starts snowing. Uh, We had the same thing here in Colorado last year. We haven't been burning this year, but we've had horrendous problems with landslides because the land, once it's burned, cannot absorb any rain that comes down. And so what's happened in places like Glenwood Canyon, where I-70 runs through, it's the main east-west corridor through Colorado, it has been shut down many times this summer just by a little bit of a a thunderstorm that happens up there and creates these huge landslides because the the, uh, soil cannot absorb any water and it's been wiping out I-70. Hanging Lake, which is one of the most gorgeous places in Colorado, has been closed uh, all summer and maybe all through 2022 because they have to totally rebuild the trail up there. It's been completely wiped out uh, by the the, uh, landslides that have been occurring every time it rains up there. And um, you know, I've just seen things like that happening and we are losing so much of a beautiful place like Colorado, not to mention, you know, what happened in the Pacific Northwest last year with, uh, with fires, how beautiful it is up there and they're losing their homes up there in California now and, and Utah and elsewhere. It's just, I've been getting really down on the whole climate change thing. And I just, again, I am looking for ways I can, um, you know, make a, a change out there, you know, in Colorado, even, um, Um, You know, I've noticed like November weather here, which I used to say November was the worst month of the year here. We used to go from September and October, which are really pristine blue skies, dry, you know, we have very low humidity here, we'd have, you know, 70 degree days with single digit humidity and changing leaves just gorgeous. Well, then November would be just gray and cold and snowy. And I always thought it was the worst month of the year here. Well, guess what? November is now like the way October used to be. It's fairly dry and sunny and um, not cold, not snowy. It's, uh, it has definitely changed in the 40 years I've lived in Colorado. I mean, I've noticed also ski season has shortened. Um you know, the snow we get is now a lot more erratic and unpredictable, and I, I know it was very common to ski right into June here. In fact, my friends and I used to have a tradition of skiing at Arapahoe Basin on the first day of summer of a year on June 21st. And, um, you know, you'd ski and you'd barbecue down at the bottom was always a lot of fun. And sometimes a basin would stay open until 4th of July. And now I'd say it stays open till the first day of summer, maybe one out of every three years. Um, 4th of July is exceedingly rare for them to stay open, whereas that used to be fairly common. And so definitely have seen the change in Colorado due to climate change, even while I've lived here over the past four decades. And so, you know, I've been thinking, you know, if they ever come out with an electric version of a Toyota 4Runner, I'm probably going to jump on that. Um, I drive a 4Runner right now that I hate to say gets 16 miles a gallon, um, but you know I need I need a vehicle like that because quite often I'm loading huge amounts of gear in there for um, cross country meets for the American heroes run recently. Uh, you know, I put on a couple cross country meets where I fill that thing up. Uh, I also have it lifted. It's really great off road. So when I go to the mountains here in Colorado, it's, it's really handy to have something that can, uh, you know, drive up some of the rougher roads we have here. So, um, I would love it. You know, the insurance companies won't give you a break. You got to pay twice basically. I, I, mean, I would like to buy a small car just for getting around town, so to speak. Um, you know, it's, uh, uh, something that's more fuel efficient, but, uh, you know, right now, unfortunately it's just not very affordable for me, but, um, it, you know, like I say, if they, Toyota were to come out with a forerunner that's electric, I'd probably jump on that thing right away. As it is, I try to make small impacts. So, you know, when I, I go to Colorado Rockies games, for instance, at Coors Field, I will hop on my bike and, and ride on down there and back, um, you know, try to use the bike whenever I can. Uh, uh it doesn't hurt to have a little bit, bit more of a workout, but. Uh, still, hopefully, you know, just my little tiny bit for the environment, but certainly I would like to be able to do more than that lately. And then, you know, even think about things like, you know, the vaccination thing going on here. I mean, um, again, it seems like, you know, for every person who gets vaccinated, it's going to help the group effort of trying to put out this coronavirus pandemic once and for all and uh, i'm going to be going to ecuador in november um got a great opportunity going to be running up and down a bunch of volcanoes there and i really want to get a booster shot before i go down i mean i I did get vaccinated back in i don't know when that was uh, late winter maybe early spring and while the cdc right now saying i'm not really in that group that should get a booster shot because i'm not 65 years old not uh, immunocompromised or anything like that. you know, I still I would like to get that booster again. Just obviously, uh, I'm going to be down in South America, so i would kind of like to protect myself a little bit because God knows what they have down there. And also, you know, again, part of this group effort. Um, that way, I'm probably less likely to bring back yet another variants because God knows what kind of variants may be down there. And I don't want to be the one who brought it back into this country. So, um, you know, again, just a little bit to do towards the collective effort of trying to battle the coronavirus. So, you know. Just some thoughts there about, you know, the small impacts we can we can all make that add up to an awful lot. In fact, please tell me about a small impact that you've been making to hopefully be part of a collective change in the world. I'd, I'd love to hear about these. And if I can get enough, maybe I can share some ideas with everybody out there. And um, again, keep working towards making this a better planet by... Uh, collective action of a lot of small impacts that you are creating in the world. So please drop me a note. Let me know what you may be up to, you know. So just kind of reiterating the, the quote on the United Nations stamp from Mother Teresa, who is, uh, I think she's been canonized. I, I, I'm not sure if she's a saint yet. I'm pretty sure Pope Francis canonized her about five years ago, and um, certainly uh, worthy of sainthood. But uh, her quote again was, not all of us can do great things, but we can do small things with great love. So with that, I just want to remind everybody, um, I have a book editing and proofreading business, and if you have a manuscript that needs to be proofread to perfection and you want to have it published without misspellings, typos, grammatical errors and such, I can review web pages, brochures, whatever other business documents you have, real reasonably. Please contact me, and I can give you a quote. And uh, just one of my things: way I can make a small contribution to your efforts to uh, make it all perfect, perfect, and 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 look better for all your readers, and certainly more um, make make what you put out there certainly more plausible, more uh, believable, uh, you know, et cetera. So. Uh, Thanks again for listening to the We Are Superman podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast, the best thing you can do is share it with your friends or on social media. And please take a minute, give us a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast, whether it's iTunes, Apple... Um, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, wherever you get podcasts. Really would appreciate those five-star ratings, and I'd be really humbly honored if you would write a review as well and tell people how much you do enjoy this. And These five-star ratings and reviews really help us rise higher in the podcast search algorithms so we can go ahead and put out more shows for you. And until next time, thanks again for listening, and always be positive.